Thank you so much, guys, for joining me today. And uh, I would like to introduce to you this amazing woman. She is a freaking badass mom of two who left her 19 years corporate job to follow her passion. And uh, you will be amazed by her energy and uh, her story and now how she's impacting other entrepreneurs to improve their business using quizzes to identify their ideal client. Freaking amazing, huh? So let me introduce to you Emily Kant. And I hope you will enjoy this interview as much as I did it. And if you like, please tag us, Emily and I, on your Insta story and uh, leave us a feedback and uh, a review. What do you got from this episode? Alrighty, guys, let's dive in. Hello, guys. Welcome back to Andrea's podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine. We just actually met at Fast Foundations Mastermind, hosted by Lori Harder and Chris Harder. And uh, it's such a pleasure to have this guest with me. And uh, I am sure you will feel and receive tons of like good information about business and how to actually up-level your business with some I'm not going to say too much, <laughs> some <laughs> awesome tools. So let's uh, welcome Emily Kung to our podcast. So hello, Emily. How are Hi. you? Hi, I'm well. Thank you so much. I am so super excited to be here and chat with you today. I'm very excited to have you here. Seriously, uh, this is going to be a treat to everybody. So, well, what... Why don't you tell, you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. So um, I am an entrepreneur now, and I've gone out on my own. I've just uh, tipped over the one-year mark. So I'm almost reaching a year and a half. Um, and, I, and I absolutely love it. I love the time flexibility. I love um, being able to choose the things that I want to work on and steer the direction of my business and my life. I'm a mom of two kids. Uh, my son, Alex, is 11 and is a new sixth grader. So that's new and exciting for us. And my daughter, Katie, is eight and she's in third grade and is just a creative genius. Um, and so I absolutely love them. And we have a little pup who's about a, uh, almost two years old named Zeus and he is just, a, he is a ball of energy and he keeps us on our toes. Um, but before I got to entrepreneurship, I was a bank examiner for 19 years. And I absolutely loved serving the public in that way. So effectively what I did, um, especially in the last half of my career, would, is that I would help manage a portfolio of institutions. Mm -hmm. Now I worked, um, especially in the last three years of my job or of my career there, I helped to manage or oversee 
um, some of the largest banks in the country. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I loved being able to help provide credible challenge and to help the team think about supervisory strategy. Um, and really, as an analyst, I helped make sure that we were on good footing for our conclusions. And I loved serving the public in that way. So it was a position with the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. But I commuted every day into DC and my commute was a, was really had started out to be like 45 minutes to an hour and then turned into more like hour 15, hour and a half each way. So I was gone just in commuting time. I was gone for three hours, which meant, um, and I also observed things in my life, like if my kids were late going to before school care, because mm-hmm. I couldn't just drop them off to, to school, if they were late five minutes, I was really getting upset because mm-hmm. I knew that that meant an extra 30 minutes in the car on the commute. And um, I wasn't getting home until after they ate dinner. I was only getting 30 minutes of quality time with them a day when mm-hmm. I was home. And then I had a stretch of time every year where I would travel for work, mm-hmm. where I would be gone two to three cities a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd have to leave on Sunday nights, sometimes early Monday, or I wouldn't get home until late Friday night. And that stretched from probably the end of March to the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. And so it was really tough. And so I had been thinking about what, with this commute just being hellish, and missing the kids and them missing me because every time I'd leave, my daughter would cry. Yeah. Um, at the same time, um, there was a decision that really, there were a couple of things that happened that really like locked it in on me going out on my own. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was finally able to go to my son's baseball game mm. um, in May. And it was just, it was great. It, I was so excited. And as I am there on, by the dugout and I'm trying to make small talk with the other moms, mm-hmm. this mom says to me, do you, do you have a son in this game? Hmm. And if you want to talk about a figurative punch to the gut, yeah, I was distraught because number one, like, I'm just not a random person that watches little league games, but like the more so these people did not even know that I existed. I was like the shadow mom. Yeah. That's because even when I was home on the weekends, I was having to do errands. I was having to do all of the stuff that I should have done on Sunday, but because of travel or because I needed to care for my daughter, they had no clue as to who I was. And so that was, I mean, I take a look back and go, that sucked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what I also knew was that I did not have a really good sense of community, Mm -hmm. whether that was with my son's baseball team or just even with parents at school. Mm-hmm. because I was the mom that was always on the go that was never here. Yeah. Um, I mean, we made it work, 
But at some point, the love of bank supervision, the passion for helping the public, mm-hmm. that I, I couldn't rationalize that as much mm-hmm. with the absence of being present with my kids. And so mm-hmm. I decided to really take an inventory and think about what this would mean for our family and what types of things I would like to do. I had picked up data visualization, which is effectively like making charts and graphs and telling data stories. I picked up that skill. I had done a lot of work in the Tableau community. Tableau is a software tool that I use. And between the data visualization skills, the bank supervision skills, the general business skills, the effect of over 20 years of experience between Mm -hmm. 19 years as a bank examiner and then working part-time at a bank and working part-time in retail sales, I knew that I had enough skills, enough marketable skills that no matter what, I would be okay. Like I would be able to get a job um, Mm -hmm. that would either be closer or I would be able to really use my skills to help serve other people. And I've always had a passion for coaches and online entrepreneurs. And so I decided to really focus in and help that segment. And I am so thankful because it just lights me up every day to get to do what I do. Yeah. What is story? I think a lot of our listeners will relate it with your story about pretty much you know, living a life where you're constantly focusing on the job, you know, providing for your family, but not spend as much quality time with their family or time in general, you know. I can totally relate it with you a little bit about like the commute, you know, I just see my husband commuting every single day an hour, sometimes two hours, you know, back and forth, three hours a day. And, uh, you know, we only see each other a little bit. But for someone who has kids, and it must be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, when I was working for my agency, um, if I wasn't having mom guilt, I was having Mm -hmm. work guilt. Mm. Because there were times when I needed to leave work early to go meet uh, my son at practice. And I, you know, I mean, that's something that I had to do. I had to get him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would take leave. It wasn't like I was just like popping out without accounting for my hours properly. But I still felt that work guilt of I'm not here. I'm not getting enough work done. I mean, I was working my hours and I was productive within the hours I worked, but you know, that little voice inside of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's just one of those things where you take a look back and I know myself too. I'm, I'm pretty career oriented uh-huh. and I knew that I wanted to be in leadership for that agency. And what that meant was either a worse commute because I was going to have to rotate out of my position. I mean, that was just the nature of that job. Um, either a worse commute or more travel, or I also had the possibility of uprooting my family and moving somewhere, perhaps Mm. to New York. Uh, So I'm based out of the DC metro area. And while I love New York, that's not really where I wanted to plant my family. And plus Mm -hmm. my husband also works for the public sector. 
and you know, so there's other considerations than more than just me. And I took a step back and was like, if I stay here, I know that things are not going to get any better. This feeling I have is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And there has got to be more to life mm. than this commute to this feeling of stress, this guilt, every Mm -hmm. single, and I didn't even talk about the wife guilt I had by not being present by and asking my husband to really take on a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I, I, while I was really the point of contact and, and still am the point of contact for all of the things for the kids, you know, scheduling the appointments and doing all of that. I mean, when it came to day-to-day stuff, my husband was the one who was really like, you know, um, fixing the meals while we meal prep on Sundays to help manage because there's no way we could have like made a meal from scratch Mm -hmm. um, during the weekdays. But he was really doing a lot of work and I wasn't even really present here with him mm-hmm. and to have good conversation. Now we're still working on that bit, but at least I'm here and the mm-hmm. load is lightened for him. Mm-hmm. So I just, I got to this point where, and I don't know if it was because when I turned 40, I just had this awakening of mm-hmm. what's going, you know, like, is this what it's going to be like? Yeah. Um, and really that also kind of set it in motion to say, what would life look like Mm. if I decided to take a different path? And it was scary because Mm -hmm. my agency for folks who had been on for about 20 years, you basically stay until you retire. Mm -hmm. And some people there work until uh, work for like 35, 40, 45 years. And it's a fantastic agency, but, um, I'm like, is this what it's going to be like? Yeah. And just allowing myself to be open to what that would look like to be curious. Mm -hmm. That was really, oh my gosh. I mean, it was life changing. Yeah. I I love what you said about, you know, when you start questioning yourself, if you don't mind, I would love, I would like to dive in a little bit about that because I think a lot of our listeners, they are in this point of their life where they are like, "Mm, I'm not quite sure why am I not feeling happy right now? Is there something there, you know, is there there something better or more for me? So when you had to start questioning yourself, what made you Besides, of course, you know, like the event with your kids and uh, not being as present, but what made you like exactly like to have like something that made you like, you know what, this is it. I'm go for it. And uh, do you use any tools prior to that? Do you always prepare yourself? Like, do you meditate? I know, I know a little, you know, I know a little bit about you, so but what made you like that shift, that mindset shift, you know, because most people think that I have to have a very strong mindset in order to pivot in my life. So I'm curious about you. Yeah. Thank you for that. So um, I have actually been trained as a life coach and I've done a little bit of life coaching a few years ago. So Mm -hmm. I knew some basic things 
One of them, which I, and I've also taught leadership or self-leadership, which incorporates some of these same tools. I think one of the best tools that I can recommend to anybody is to use the circle of life. Mm. And it's, um, for those who don't know what it is, it's effectively like a, a wheel that is divided up into different segments and it may have work, um, children or family, religion. It has a bunch of different segments. And then what you do is you rate kind of where you are mm -hmm. and where you want to be mm -hmm. or maybe vice versa. Um, and so that's a really great way to see what areas of your life are you living to this idea, to your ideal life. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's always good to help kind of dive into which areas may help you be uh, more happy or more engaged, just, you know, live the life that you want. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, I read what I think is probably the book that really changed my life. And that is uh, Live It by Jarek Robbins, Tony Robbins' son. Mm. It is by far, it is my number one book that I recommend. And in that book, he walks you through this visualization of what your ideal life looks like. Mm. And throughout the book, what he says is, hey, listen, I'm not trying to get you to change your job or change your career. You can totally uh, visualize the job, the work that you're doing now. So he also kind of puts that um, qualifier on it. But what I noted was that my ideal life did not have me so tied to a clock mm -hmm. and it had nothing about bank supervision in there. Mm. And so, I mean, and Andrea, you know me, I like data. Mm -hmm. So talk about a data point. If the job <laughs> I'm doing is not present in the ideal life that I want, well, <laughs> there's, <laughs> we call that a, a gap and I can analyze like, okay, but, but what I love about that though is, and the reason why for me, it was so life-changing was that I could say, okay, this is the life that I want. Here's where I'm at. Now, what can I do to get there? And it, at the beginning, it was on my lunch break. It was doing the things that aligned to that ideal life. Mm -hmm. As I got further, it was, okay, so what's my exit strategy? I know it's very sexy right now for people to go become an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. do the work you love. And yes, I would say do the work you love, be an entrepreneur if that's right for you. Yeah. But don't just like up and quit your job. And this is just my personal, uh, my personal philosophy. I always recommend people have an exit strategy, mm -hmm. making sure you have savings, making sure you have really estimated what your expenses are. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the runway to get the income that you need to start covering expense, you know, like doing that kind of thought. And that's what I did uh, when I went to leave my job was I looked at what are my expenses? What can I cut out? Um, what are some financial strategies that I can use to help us until I can start earning money? Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that I pivoted in my business, and so it took a little bit longer, but I'm glad I did because I'm much happier now. Mm -hmm. But um, so those are like the two big things, the circle of life and or the wheel of life and uh, 
Jarek Robbins book. I mean, that was huge for me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. I, I actually, I will put uh, on show notes as well. So our listeners can find the book. I'm curious. I'm actually, I'm going to order and I'm going to, I never heard about the book, but thank you it's, for sharing. It's amazing. He has so many good nuggets in there and it's been years since uh-huh. I've read it. I should actually reread it. But in addition to the visualization, because you know, there are some books that just resonate with people. I had a, I had a friend who um, recommended uh, 48 Days to the Job You Love. And that book, I just couldn't get through it. It didn't, re- like, I just, for some reason, it just wasn't it. This whole concept of what could you do if you couldn't fail? Or what if you had, what if money were no objects? And those are hard things for me to think through because I'm a thinker and an, an analytical mm-hmm. person. So that's really difficult for me. But this, the way that he walks you through the visualization for the ideal life, it was great because it just kind of like, as the day unfolded, it wasn't thinking about, you know, five, 10, like this abstract concept. It was, all right, so if I woke up tomorrow, when I woke up, what would happen? Would it be light out? Would the sun be streaming? You know, all of those little things that we can actually see in our mind. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one reason why I love it. And then the other is that he has this heart, he has this concept in there, which is not new, but it's do the hard things first. Mm, Yeah. And that's something that even today I have to remind myself on, but I love that because when you do the hard stuff first, then the rest of the day and the week just seems to go by easier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I actually, I'm reading the eat that frog, the frog first. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm very like, I was like, holy smoke has so many good nuggets in there. It's such a short read too. So simple. So like uh, anyone can understand and it's just make things so much easier. I was like, yeah, I can do the hard things first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I don't have to do everything yeah. what I quote unquote plan it to do. Yeah. The other thing, um, just to real quickly, one of the other tools that I used and actually one of my friends gifted it to me when I was starting to think about, I wonder if I could go out, you know, it was like really more in the ideation stage versus the, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I, after the decision, um, was the Clifton strength finders. It was so valuable for me and it's valuable. I think for anyone, like I've actually used my results in a job interview that I had years ago before I even was thinking about leaving my agency. And you go through this questionnaire, you answer, I don't know, it's pretty long. It's like 300 questions, but at the end you get your top five strengths. And so the focus is only on strengths. Mm -hmm. It doesn't talk about your weaknesses, which at first I'm like, I want to know what to improve upon, which is everybody's natural reaction. But there's a lot of beauty in just focusing on the strengths because, and we've started hearing even more about this, focus on the strengths, work your strengths, outsource the weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was, that's really a a fantastic concept, but then just knowing those, like, what are my top five strengths? You know, like, what are my strengths Mm -hmm. and being able to work those? Yeah. Your superpowers. Yeah. So, um, and so I think that that just helps everybody, whether they want to work for themselves or work for other folks, Mm -hmm. I've used it in a job interview and it, it helped 
tremendously. Like I was able to get the job because I was able to tie my strength to something that I knew they needed. Mm. And so it's really, it's a fantastic tool that I would recommend to anyone. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And then yeah. actually you can apply this for in your life in general. Oh yeah. Right. Um, it's so interesting. So, okay. I'm a little curious about your, your business. You're the quest queen, <laughs> the quiz queen. Yes. <laughs> Yes, queen. <laughs> I know. And that's so, to me, it's so fascinating. So yeah. I know you have a, a lot of knowledge, you know, you have a lot of years of experience doing databases, you know, analysis. So how, like, how you even like thought about like, oh, I'm going to start creating quizzes for entrepreneurs to, you know, up-level their to actually find their, their ideal client. Yeah. So I guess it was actually, it all started in January of, um, I guess it was January earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, even though I had been in business for myself officially since June of 2018, I really, I took the summer off to play with the kids, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was just still trying to find my footing in the fall. So in December and January, there was the government shutdown. Mm. And I realized, oh no, I have no money coming in. And the reliable, stable source of income in our household has no money coming in. Mm. And so I had, um, I had always, like for several years, had done a little bit of network marketing. Um, I love the profession when it's done right. I think mm -hmm. it can, it's such a benefit. And so at that time I was still pretty kind of active in my networking, mar mm -hmm. network marketing business. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to create a quiz because he everybody talks about how, if you have stable income, if you work for the government, you know, you're fine, mm -hmm. but that's not the case because if you are not in control and you're not in control of those external factors that can influence your income. So I wonder how many other people are in the same boat. I create, I found this quiz platform and I just created a quiz and I thought, well, this would be great for me to, if people, if people aren't in good financial fitness, maybe they'd be willing to have a conversation with me for my network marketing business as another source of income, mm -hmm. because I truly believe in having multiple streams of income, whether mm -hmm. it's network marketing or not. Yeah. Um, and I really believe in the, in how powerful passive or residual income can be, whether again, that's from network marketing or real estate, whatever the case may be. So I was actually trying to use it as a funnel for my network marketing business. And I knew that I could make a good quiz mm -hmm. when a bank examiner friend of mine replied back to me and said, this financial quiz is better than some of the other ones that I've seen banks do. Wow. Well, because I, you know, like I knew that area and I have really good researching and investigating skills from my time as an examiner. Mm -hmm. So I knew the things that would factor into good financial health. Um, and so I put them on a quiz and that was really the start of it. And 
but at first I thought, well, that was just fun. That was a quiz. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, but when I came out of the gate as an entrepreneur, I was really trying to market data services mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs. Now, now I call it data concierge services. Um, but I was really focused on data. And what I learned, and this was really great, was that a lot of entrepreneurs don't know necessarily what data is or could be, mm -hmm. or really get anxious. Like I have a friend who is like, <laughs> when you're trying to talk about data mm -hmm. with people who get anxious about it. And so I had to figure out a way I had trouble messaging it. And for some reason, I just went back to the quiz and I was like, you know, what's cool about this quiz is that not only was it, was I using it as a lead magnet for myself, mm -hmm. for my business, which I don't really do. I don't do network marketing right now. Um, but I was using it really as a lead magnet, but there's a lot of good information under the covers mm -hmm. of this quiz. I had analytics on each question and answer. I had like, if I, I mean, so I started looking at it and I went, really, there's just a whole bunch of data under that quiz. And then, um, as I was getting ready to do a mini training session on Instagram about mm -hmm. something, I wanted to make sure what I was saying was backed up was valid. Mm -hmm. And so I did some research and there was this article by Dr. Noam Spencer in psychology today. Mm -hmm. And it really said that when you, when it all comes down to it, humans have two basic wants and needs. Everything can kind of be categorized into these mm -hmm. two buckets. There's the need to be and the need to belong. Mm. And after I read that article, which is amazing. After I read that article, I thought, oh my gosh, quizzes can do this. Quizzes can help us know who we are as a person. Help us, uh, you know, if it's, a, if it's a, um, a physical type of quiz, like your health or something like that, they can actually help us be in terms of our physical being exist. Yeah. And then what I also knew was that we could take this information that's behind the quiz and I'm like, I can analyze that and come up with content ideas to help an entrepreneur connect with their audience. Mm. And then when you do that, you can, that connection helps create community mm. or just even more directly the call to action in the quiz. Like after you get your results, there's a little button that says, you know, like click clear yeah, yeah, yeah. My Facebook group. Well, aren't you inviting people in to your community yeah. when you do that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, or people can share their results, you know, like we've all shared like what Disney princess we are. Uh, if we like the princess we got. Uh-huh. Absolutely. How many, but how many people have shared that type of stuff on Facebook? Yeah. And so the and then we've had conversations around it. So I just I just knew like I felt so convicted that quizzes can help the person taking the quiz. Mm -hmm. And they can help the entrepreneur. And I get so jazzed about it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I mean, I can I, I'll feel shut it. up now <laughs> because no, I love it. I, just, I love because 
I've helped build a massive community in the mm-hmm. data space with Tableau. Um, and I, I know the importance of community it, to a thriving yes. business. Mm-hmm. I mean, just kind of, uh, it was really interesting for me to see. So Tableau was recently acquired by Salesforce earlier um, in the summer. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting was that on the analyst call, when they were talking about the acquisition, the CEO of Salesforce, Mark Beninoff, said he kept talking about the Tableau community and how strong the community was, how great, how many great visualizations. They talked about the Tableau community, I would say no less than 10 times in this call. And Mm. so... I thought that was amazing because it's not just a bunch of users who use the tool, yeah. but it is really this collective that wants, that helps people who is a really strong asset. And that's really when that validation happened for me instead mm. of just thinking about it. Because if a CEO of a major company and Salesforce is a customer relationship management tool, um, if they're talking about the community that much, mm-hmm. that really is an intangible asset and it is worth something. And it is the key. Um, having known the former CMO, the chief marketing officer at Tableau, mm-hmm. the community is key, is so insightful to helping create a better product and a better experience for everyone who uses the tool. So why then couldn't we adapt that to mm-hmm. an entrepreneur to help that community have provide that good insight and feedback to help the entrepreneur create products and services mm-hmm. that his or her community needs mm-hmm. and have a thriving business. Well, we for sure can do that. So it's, I know I've gone on about it, but I am just so jazzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you this, for asking. Yeah, absolutely. This is so interesting to me. Like it's all new and I'm sure like for our listeners too, you know, we all, I'm always taking quizzes here and there to know like whatever it is, you know, that I'm interested in and know about it, but I never thought about the data behind, you know? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people do think about that. And that's great for me because that's where I can come in and I can help provide that insight into it's not just a quiz and it's just, it's not just a lead magnet. I mean, that's the, that's the stuff that kind of pulls you in that gets you interested in doing something because maybe it's a little bit of a different lead magnet or opt-in than what you've had in the past. Mm -hmm. But that's why I say it's the one that works for you because Mm -hmm. then you can get that information behind it. And that's really where I see the power of it. Mm -hmm. So no, I, I definitely, I can see the power. Super powerful. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> thanks for sharing. This is just, I, if I could, I just would ask you tons, tons of questions. I, I made a whole bunch of notes. Just let you know. Um, <laughs> right. So I know that I was just like, before we, you know, we started this interview, of course, I was doing a little research about you, you know, to know a little bit more about you. And uh, what I found is interesting is that you actually have a, you start a foundation. Am I right? 
Yeah. So it's technically, it's not a nonprofit because I'm still in that early stage, but yes, I thank you so much for asking about that. And you've yeah, done your research. I thought that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. So I started pretty strong, smart, which is a really like a girls empowerment initiative. And we have three different branches, if you will. Mm-hmm. So one is a scholarship for a graduating girl from high school to go into a STEM field. And it's somebody who has uh, demonstrated good leadership qualities mm-hmm. and is interested in science, tech, engineering, and math, because there is a significant gender gap in mm-hmm. that major. And so I'm trying to do my part to help close that gap. And educational empowerment is one facet of women's empowerment. So giving people, giving these girls some additional monies to help pay for college, because that is a field where you do need to go to college for. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. There's also community outreach. And so going out to school or going out to the brownies and talking about the just the overall concept of why I started Pretty Strong Smart, but then also gender differences, depending on the type of group that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. But to back it up, the reason why I started Pretty Strong Smart was that I was in a department store with my daughter and she was six at the time. It was um, 2016. And I needed to buy a business suit for an upcoming board meeting that I had at a bank. Mm-hmm. And I was trying a suit on. I thought I looked really good. I'm, you know, doing my little modeling of my suit for my daughter. And I go, Katie, what do you think? Now I'm thinking she's going to say things like, you look awesome, mama. I love you. And instead what I got was, you can't wear that. Oh my God. (laughs) You look like a president and girls can't be presidents. Oh. And my mouth dropped. I almost cried for a couple of reasons. One is that girls can be presidents. Mm-hmm. We just haven't had one here in the U.S. And yeah. so I was like, no, girls can be presidents. Angela Merkel in Germany is a, pre-, you know, like I'm like trying to provide these examples, but she didn't see it. So therefore she didn't believe it could happen. Mm. So role modeling, especially at that elementary school and middle school age is so important. Yeah. So, and then the other reason why I almost cried was because here I am and I, I, you know, you can put me in the bucket of feminist. I am fine with that. Or women's empowerment advocate, whichever label feels better, Mm -hmm. but Here I am, somebody who has organized Data Plus Women meetups, who has really been vocal on women's rights, um, Mm -hmm. equal pay. And if my own daughter doesn't get it, doesn't understand or still has this notion that girls can't be presidents, I felt like I had failed her and every other girl out there. And so one of the things I told her was, Katie, baby, you know, you can be pretty, you can be strong, you can be smart. It doesn't matter. You can be anything. Mm-hmm. You can be pretty and strong. You can be pretty and smart. Yeah. Um, and because what I also noticed at the time was that she was focusing more on, does, do I look pretty, mommy? Do I look pretty? Mm-hmm. And it was based on 
of all things like Barbie, the yeah. little TV shows. Um, and I wanted her to stop focusing on her looks. Yeah. Even though she is a gorgeous girl. I'm sure um, she is because mom's and- <laughs> gorgeous. Thank you. Um, but, you know, I wanted her to not focus as much on whether she looked beautiful, whether, yeah. let me rephrase that, whether somebody else thought that she looked beautiful mm-hmm. and really focus on, it's about what she wants to do. It's about what, how she feels about herself and really helping her and every other girl out there tap into that potential and really focus on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And not so much everything else. So it's why I started Pretty Strong Smart. Um, you know, we've, I'm still having some of those growing pains, mm-hmm. but I'm hopeful that um, next year will be a big year for us. For my business, what I have pledged to do was that um, for when I tip over a certain net income threshold, I will be donating 10% of mm-hmm. my net income to the Pretty Strong Smart Scholarship so that way I can help fund these scholarships. Awesome. So um, it's really important for me. Uh, it's, it's important to me. And thank you so much for asking about it. Yeah. And how can we help you? You know, if you're one of our listeners want to help uh, with your, I would say, an your foundation or your startup, your foundation. Right. So um, there's a couple of ways. Um, and if you just want to message me over social media or email me, we can figure out what works right. If somebody just wants to give money, I have a PayPal account that is set up for uh, specifically for a pretty strong smart. Mm-hmm. And I can provide that as well. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I really love, thank you for sharing. This is a beautiful story, you know, um, I see more and more the need of like, uh, we empowering the young generation and, uh, especially with the girls in school. So you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much. And, uh, before you wrap up, I'm very curious now, this is like for my own sake, so I know you just finished the 75 heart. <laughs> okay, guys, if you don't know 75 heart, <laughs> I don't know exactly 100% everything, but can you just tell, like, take me through this hard journey of 75 days, no excuses, waking up super early, doing your training, having your cold shower, whatever it is, because that is the only thing is like keeping me on the fence of doing It's like, I'm not quite sure if I'm prepared for that yet. Um, but why you decided to do the 75 day or 75 heart and what changed made in your life? Sure. Well, yeah, thanks uh, for asking about it. It was difficult. Uh, so there's this whole 75 life concept and 75 hard is the first stage of it. And then you get into different phases. Like the cold shower is part of phase one, which is after the initial 75 days. And that's a 30 day program. Okay. You can follow Andy Frisella on Instagram and he has templates set up as to what's required. So you first start off with 75 hard. 
And 75 hard has five requirements. Okay. The first is to do two 45 minute workouts a day. One has to be outdoors. And the only reason you cannot do an outdoor activity is if your life is in danger. So flooding, tornado, hurricane, lightning, but if it's just raining, you got to suck it up. Um, so two, two 45 minute workouts a day, drink a gallon of water, uh, take a progress picture every day, not a selfie, but like a full body kind of progress picture. Mm -hmm. um, read 10 pages of a developmental book, whether that's personal development or business development mm -hmm. and follow a nutrition plan with no major refeeds, no cheat days and no alcohol. Mm -hmm. I think that that covers all five things. Oh, and drink a gallon of water if I didn't say yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So um, you do that for 75 days. Mm -hmm. And if you fail a day, if you let, let's say you only drank three liters instead of a gallon, um, then you have to start all over from day one. Yeah. So individually, those things don't seem difficult, but it's the consistency. Mm -hmm. It is the like doing stuff when you don't want to do it. That was like one of the biggest lessons I learned. The reason why I started initially was because there was somebody in my mastermind from fast foundations from the first round that was going through it. And I thought, Oh, this would be great. You know, I, and I was on a fitness competition prep plan at the time and I was having a really hard time staying on my nutrition, mm -hmm. everything, you know, the workouts fine, but the nutrition piece was something that I just struggled with. And I thought, well, this will help me be compliant. Now, what I realized is that the plan I had was not, the nutrition plan was not realistic for me. The calories were too low for too far out. I mean, at 15 weeks out, I was at like 1,000 to 1,300 calories, depending on the day. And that was too low for me. Mm -hmm. And it was too little fat. So... I decided to part ways with my coach mm -hmm. and I just said, you know what, if I don't do a fitness competition this year, that's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's always another competition Absolutely. if I really want it. So many, that's what I tell my clients. <laughs> yeah. We don't have but, to prep for the next three months. No, but what I decided though, was that I, I still wanted to go ahead with 75 hard. So I programmed mm -hmm. my own nutrition and I just said, well, let's see what will happen. Again, it's this idea of being curious. Um, so I planned my nutrition and I adapted my nutrition as I went on. I was on travel a fair amount during 75 hard. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was at conferences where I could not choose the food and I couldn't bring my food with me, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had some kind of boundaries myself that I put in place. Yeah. Um, then I would focus on making healthy aligned choices. There were always in my nutrition, no matter where I was, I had two big things. One was no dessert and the other was no chocolate unless it was like protein based, you know, mm -hmm. like in a protein bar or something like that. Um, so um, yeah. And I have to be gluten-free um, just because that's like for my health, I, I have to do that. Um, so 
those were, that was my nutrition plan. And what the, the biggest lesson I learned, I mean, the, the one about doing the things that you don't want to do, you know, I stayed up until 1155 one night drinking all of my water because I didn't want to fail. Um, but the biggest thing that it showed me was the power of consistency. Mm. You know, I had a friend who said, Emily, you should post progress pictures. And it's not really a physical challenge, but it's very much a mental challenge with perhaps a physical side benefit. And I did post those pictures and I tightened up some, but I only lost five pounds. Like in 75 days by a normal measure, like from what the, I guess the generally accepted standard, five Mm -hmm. pounds in 75 days. So two and a half months isn't setting the world on fire. You know, Mm -hmm. people would rather lose five pounds in a month, but I did tighten up. I mean, you can see it in my ab area and in my face, Mm -hmm. but that really wasn't the motivation. And what I actually loved about it, and I actually would recommend 75 hard for maybe somebody who is doing, uh, who's in a post-competition lifestyle or as they're starting to go pre-competition, it's not worrying about, like, it was so freeing to step on a scale because I would measure, I would weigh myself once a week. Yeah. It was so freeing to step on a scale and not worry about what the scale said. I mean, so on one hand, on one hand, you know, if you're not doing competition prep, maybe you don't care, but there are sometimes when you're trying and I noticed this when I, you know, anytime I've been on a diet, I'm trying and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And why isn't the scale moving? I really didn't have that concern because I knew I was a hundred percent compliant with my nutrition because I had to be right for 75 hard. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know what? All right. So the scale didn't show it this week or something's going on. Like I can feel my body is just like something's going on with my body, Uh but I didn't, I wasn't concerned about it because I knew I was doing everything in my power. There was no question. And that was freeing. And plus I wasn't doing competition prep. So I wasn't concerned about, oh, if I didn't lose any weight. Yeah. It was so good. It was so amazing. So I finished that before our Fast Foundations Mastermind. And now I have, um, and I had already planned this to start a modified version of Lean Bodies Consulting 5 for 50. So I'll be doing 5 for 30. It's similar to 75 hard but not as much, um, in terms of the workouts. Um, and I'm doing it for 30 days because I have an event coming up at the end of October that I'm attending as a participant. And I want to just make sure I stay aligned. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some people who have done 75 hard and who absolutely love it, who want to continue it on. Like they'll start another round or, I am not that person. After day 60, I was like, yeah, I feel like I got what I needed out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, my body also was tired yeah. because there are no rest days. And, yeah. you know, I did some low impact type of, I would walk, but even still, you're still active for 45 minutes. And I think Twice at the beginning of, so yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning of September, I was doing some box jumps. I was on travel at Summit of Greatness. Uh, I was doing some box jump at, box jumps at the gym I was visiting and fell and like really cut, cut my leg, bruised it. 
Um, it's still not better, but uh, so I'll be going to see, to take care of that. But I couldn't stop. Like I had to keep going on my workout. And the next day I had to go back mm -hmm. actually the next day, just to prove to myself that I wasn't afraid of the box anymore. I did a couple of box jumps, but I never let, I didn't have, I didn't give my body, my leg an opportunity to heal properly mm -hmm. because I had to keep going yeah. to finish 75 hard. Cause at that point I was in the high sixties. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, um, or the, I was in the 60 range. So I was so yeah. close. Right. Um, and so that's detrimental because you're not giving your body a chance to rest and mm -hmm. heal. So, um, while we were away at fast foundations, I worked out a couple of times, but I also didn't work out for two days straight. And my, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it feels weird, but it also feels good to take a break. So mm -hmm. Now I'm back working out like I normally do, yeah. um, which for me is, you know, 30, 45 minutes, somewhere, mm -hmm. whatever I need to get my work done. So. That's awesome. And uh, it's a lot of lessons in here, even though, oh, sure. and, and I'm sure that's why Andy named it 75 hard, because in the very beginning, everybody has the momentum you just said, you know, after day 60, you're like, oh, I already got what I need. But that's why we have the extra 15 days, because that's where the stretch comes in. You know, you're bored yeah, with yeah. your routine. Oh, I need to keep going. I have to do it. So it's like that mental, you are learning how to actually mentally become focused and become stronger. Yeah, and strengthen yeah. that mindset that's going to apply in the rest of your entire life. So like, I love him because like in his podcast, he's always says like, it's not about just like the physical, the physical effects when you get that strength. And then that mental strength is going to apply to the rest of like to the other areas, the rest of our, the areas of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was a really big, it was a really big lesson and also, also being present because I found myself, I found myself going, going on autopilot, autopilot for, for 75, 75 hours. hours. For some reason, I'm losing you. Oh, no. Yeah, having a little echo. So I'm not quite sure. Oh, is it is better, it better now? Or no, it's now? not. Um, how about if I leave and then rejoin? Okay, guys, we are just having a little technical issues here. Okay. Awesome. Yay. And then we are back. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, one of the things was, you know, being present, like that was a big lesson, being present because I was on autopilot and right before I went to bed, I just said, let me just check my list because I would keep track of it in my notes and section in my phone. And I saw I had not taken my progress picture and like, oh my God. So I like took that really quickly uh -huh. and then went to bed, but I was like, oh my gosh, I almost failed because of a progress picture. Um, for something that seems so easy. So it was a really great reminder to 
be more present in my day and not be on autopilot so much. Wow. Yeah, being present. What a lesson. You know, I'm so pumped. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I might can do this after after my competition. I definitely I want to go through and you know see for myself what how much can I push myself beyond what I already pushed myself. (laughs) Which I mean, a fitness competition is hard. Having done a couple of them, I know that is hard. And you do the things that you don't want to do sometimes when you don't want to do them. But you know, that's like I when I was driving down over the summer to South Carolina and I knew I was going to be in a car for nine hours and then we were going to want to play as a family when we got down there, I woke up at three 30 and then went out and got a walk in for 45 minutes to make sure I, um, I met that requirement. Mm -hmm. And it was another really good lesson too, because every time I said, well, I'll just wait and do that later. Those were the days that I struggled the most. Yeah. And just to like, a, like you mentioned in the very beginning of our conversation, doing the hard things first. So get that away and uh, you start your day on the right, and with the right food and on the right direction. You know, yeah. such a great lesson. But Emily, thank you so much for your time. And um, I like, I love, I always like, to finish my podcast with uh, a few questions. Okay. So what are you grateful for? Oh my gosh. Um, I am grateful for the love of my kids and my body and that it's amazing and can do the things that I pretty much want it to do. Another question is what, well, what book changed your life? So you already shared, however, um, Are you reading any book right now? Yes. So I am reading Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. And so far, I love it. It's a really good, easy type of read, but really powerful. Okay, cool. And um, what are your goals for the next 90 days? Nice. So my goal is to... um, help people create super connected communities and to help. I I would really love to help people either directly or in the, um, I'd love to help between a hundred and 200 people with that. Mm -hmm. And so to get to that point, I can either do a quiz for them, or I've also launched a beta version of my super connected community coaching where I help entrepreneurs go through and make sure that they understand who their ideal community is. Mm -hmm. um, What are they doing and how can we help? Like what strategies can we put in place to help attract that community? Mm -hmm. And as part of that, that might be a quiz Mm -hmm. and then strategies for helping entrepreneurs nurture their community. So it's not just about getting people on the Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, but what are we doing to help nurture that community so yeah. that we can be those, we can have those super huge uh, raving fans that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. And so as part of that, I have the quizzes service. Um, I'm, 
I have the beta version of my coaching program. That's a three month program that I'm launching just to make sure my methodology is rock solid. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in the process of um, writing a course for entrepreneurs who maybe want to or need to do the quiz themselves mm. um, because maybe they're not at a position where they can hire that out to me, yeah. but provide them the basics mm -hmm. uh, for completing the, you know, for building a quiz themselves, yeah. uh, including best practices, that all of that stuff. So I'm hoping that that will launch at um, the end of October. That's exciting. So it's like a do-yourself type course. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. So, and where can we find you? Sure. Well, on the socials, um, I'm active on Instagram and Twitter, but both are at Emily Kuhn, E-M-I-L-Y-K-U-N-D. You can also visit my website, emilykuhn.com. So those are the three big places where I hang out. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. This was a great conversation. I'd love just to, to know a little bit more about you, the facets of your life. You're so like, a, it, it's so interesting. You're such an interesting person, you know, like you have so many strengths and it's like everything is like it's integrated together. So it's like, here's Emily. <laughs> it's like, you know, like you're super freaking like a freaking super woman. Like, ah, thank you. Seriously. It's like, thank wow. You. I love it. Yeah. You guys should follow her on Instagram because Emily, even like her Insta stories are like, I, you know, I watch and it's just like, wow, she's doing this. Wow. She's like, and plus she looks like she's sturdy. I was like, <laughs> holy crap. Like I need to start drinking more water. <laughs> girl telling yeah. me. I just turned 42 last week and um, you know what? I accept my age. Like I, I love where I'm at. Like I am so much happier at 42 than I was, I would say at 32, but um, yeah, I'm just like, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. And like, I'm just loving, I'm loving it and loving me. So yeah. why not accept that I'm that age? So yeah. Thank Amen. So thank you. Amen. <laughs> thank you. So thank you guys for tuning in with us today and uh, we will see you next time. Alrighty. Bye-bye.